From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today, we've got a contest that stretches from the depths of the ocean to the far reaches of outer space. Two of humanity's greatest vessels are on a collision course, and just one will be named the greatest craft of all. Who will take home the title of Smash Boom Best? Ambitious team spaceships or stealthy team submarines? A truly tough call, but Rebecca has agreed to help us decide. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Thank you for being here today. So when I say the word submarine, what comes to mind? I think of really, really deep sea exploration. I think of total darkness with really crazy monster-like animals in the bottom of the sea. And what about when I say spaceship? I have seen a lot of movies that center around space exploration, so I definitely think of some of those. Excellent. So, Rebecca, you are a climate change researcher. That's right. I really love doing work with the environment. I have been in love with nature since I was a really young girl, so it's really rewarding to contribute to science in this way. What exactly do you study? I study something called polar amplification, and... Typically, when we think of climate change, we think of really hot areas. But what's actually happening in cold regions in the Arctic is that temperatures are warming at a really, really high rate. So it's important to look at these areas to understand why global warming is happening in general. That's amazing. So are there any like tips you have for our debaters today, like how they can win you over? What I would say is um, try to come up with an argument that really makes sense logically, but at the same time, be as uh, funny as possible. I really love to hear excitement and humor. Excellent. Well, it is time to meet our debaters. Here to fly us to the moon, it's comic and writer Brandy Brown, here for Team Spaceships. Hi, Brandy. Hello. So, Brandy, in a single sentence, why are spaceships the smash boom best? It's space exploration. How can you argue with that? And now, representing submarines, it's Defender of the Deeps and co-host of the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, Andrew Walsh. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Andrew, in one sentence, why are submarines superior to spaceships? Can it be a long sentence? <laughs> sure. Whatever you want. Semicolons. <laughs> sure. Go for it. <laughs> I think it's because it's more important to use submarines to discover and explore all of the, you know, exciting, vibrant life that we know exists here on Earth below the, below the surface of the sea than it is to send people up into the cold lifelessness of space, just <laughs> hoping that we get lucky with something. All right. Well, let's review the rules of the game. Round one is the Declaration of Greatness. Using facts, logic, and stellar storytelling, our debaters will present the most persuasive arguments for their side. After each declaration, the opposing team will have 30 seconds to rebut their opponent's statement. Then we've got the Micro Round, a creative challenge each side has prepared for in advance. Round three is the Sneak Attack, a surprise challenge our debaters will have to respond to on the spot. And to end it all, we've got the Final Six. Each team will have six words and 
and six words only to make a final case for their side. Our judge, Rebecca, will award two points in the first round of debate and one point in each following round to the team that wows her the most. But she'll keep her decisions a secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. This competition will get fierce, so mark down your points as you listen. At the end of the show, head to our website, smashboom.org, and vote for the team you think won. Okay, everybody, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Then it's time for the... Declaration of Greatness. Our debaters will now make their case for why their side is greatest. We flipped a coin, and Brandy, you're up first. On behalf of astronauts everywhere, let's hear your declaration of greatness for spaceships. On a clear, dark night, you can see around 2,000 stars in the sky. Each star, like our sun, could have its own solar system. And within those solar systems, perhaps there's another Earth-like planet. Maybe there are even creatures living on that Earth-like planet who are a bit like us. You hope one day humans will have the spaceship technology to visit another solar system. But you know they're not going to get there on a submarine. But spaceships aren't about seeing other planets someday. They help us today. In fact, spaceships are a bigger part of your life than you might think. I'll show you. You wake up, head downstairs to pour yourself some cereal. Then your cat startles you by hopping on the counter, and you spill all your cereal on the floor. The handheld vacuum you clean it up with is based on a handheld drill used by astronauts to extract moon samples. Later, you put on your shoes and you go for a run. Your shoes smell wonderful because you're using shoe inserts made of a material designed to keep the insides of spaceships smelling fresh. Once you've showered, it's time to play some video games. So you settle into your gaming chair, and that keeps you cool no matter how hot your gaming session is. Because it uses fabrics invented to keep spacesuit gloves cool and comfortable. Then, you put on your headset and you start a Zoom call with your friend across the country using conference calling technology invented for the U.S. space program in the 1980s. Just another relaxing Saturday made possible because of the inventions developed by or for NASA. And there are thousands more inventions like these ones that we use all the time. The sky isn't even the limit for technology used aboard spaceships. Spaceships also get us to work together. In 1969, Neil Armstrong didn't become the first human to walk on the moon by himself. At its peak, approximately 400,000 employees and 20,000 universities and companies in the United States were helping with the Apollo missions with the goal of landing on the moon. That's like an entire city working together to achieve one goal. Global cooperation also makes it possible for smaller or less wealthy countries to research and explore space, like the European Space Agency, which has 22 member nations. Since 1978, 37 different countries have sent their first citizen into space aboard U.S., Russian, or Soviet spaceships. Meanwhile, in the ocean, submarines are mostly trying to hide from each other. Need more convincing? Just think about which one you'd rather, Captain. A sub or a spaceship? Hello? Hello! Hi, this is Captain Alice in space. Hey, it's Captain Claudette on the sub. I'm bored, so I thought I'd give you a call. 
What you doing? Oh, you know, just orbiting the Earth, looking at the ocean. I've been in the same ocean for weeks. Which ocean are you looking at? All of them. So pretty. How's the ocean down there? Dark. How's the planet look? Uh, which one? I've seen several in the distance. Earth is very bright. It's gorgeous. How's gravity? You able to do a flip like this? I'm not allowed to do gymnastics down here. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to go outside for a spacewalk. I'm going to take a walk too. To my room, where I'll try not to hit my head on any pipes. Have a great day. I see the sunrise and set every 90 minutes, so I will have many great days today. (sighs) Ta-ta! Finally, there's something magical that happens when you're on a spaceship 200 miles above the Earth. And I don't mean getting to eat astronaut ice cream. Although, that is pretty awesome. When you're up there, you can't see the roads and borders that divide us. Instead, you're looking down at how special and delicate our little planet is. And you can see how we fit into the bigger picture, too. As astronaut Mae Jemison, the first black woman in space, explained, For me, it wasn't a connection back down to Earth. It was a connection with the rest of the universe. Look, everything about spaceships is better than submarines. The technology, the level of cooperation they encourage, and the awesome views and perspectives they offer. I've torpedoed the case for submarines. And in conclusion, I submit my case that submarines are subpar, and the only sub you should vote for is what kind of sandwich I should eat after this debate. Spaceships bringing awe and innovation to our lives. Rebecca, what did you think about Brandy's Declaration of Greatness? Was there something that stood out to you about her argument? Oh, definitely. I loved the dialogue about someone in space and someone in the deep sea in a sub. It was really eye-opening, I have to say. I didn't really consider the fact that you might not see a lot in a submarine. Mm, Very good work. Well, Andrew, it's time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to bring Brandy's argument back down to earth, and your time starts now. Well, I'd like to start by saying I feel very attacked right now. (laughs) I didn't know that we were going so hard at each other in this debate, but that's okay. I'm not going to get emotional here. But speaking of emotion, knowing that we're not supposed to be bringing emotion to the debate stage, I feel like there's a lot of hope in Brandy's argument about the possibility (laughs) of finding hope, uh, finding life in space, where we know that there's so much life here on Earth that we haven't discovered yet. And I think that that is more important. (laughs) That is something that is right here that we know is important and And graspable. I wasted a lot of my time. (laughs) Yeah, I just just want to quickly point out that the person on team subs felt attacked. Like, that is like the whole purpose of your vehicle i mean (laughs) mean, i'm more about science exploration here brandy (laughs) andrew walsh anti-hope today (laughs) (laughs) i had more points i didn't know 30 seconds goes by so quickly have you ever heard my podcast (laughs) good point good point all right well now andrew let's hear what you have to say tell us why submarines are the rulers of not just the oceans but all types of manned travel craft let's hear it Welcome aboard the Nautilus, the famous submarine from the Disney movie 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which apparently was also a book. Whatever. 
I'm thinking about moving in here, making this sub my own underwater bachelor pad. A lot of people tell me I look like a submarine captain, and boy, do I love the ocean. Just like Captain Nemo, he was the Nautilus's first owner in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He was a real thalassophile. You know, a sucker for seawater, if you will. An ocean aficionado. He famously said, The sea is everything. It covers seven-tenths of the terrestrial globe. It is the living living infinite. Water covers 71% of the surface of the Earth, and we've only explored 5% of those waters. Submarines truly are our passport to the living infinite. Did anyone else hear an echo there? Remind me to look into that. Humans have been obsessed with subs for centuries. Way back in 332 BC, legend has it that Alexander the Great went down in the first, well, well, it wasn't a submarine per se, but it was a sub-like thingy called a diving bell. It basically looked like a glass barrel just dropping down into the abyss. How was it, Alex? Great. I saw fishes and octopi and a sea monster so monstrous it took three days to swim past me. Hmm. Now, I'm dubious about that whole monster part, but you get the point. Alex was into it, and so was everyone else. For the next 2,000 years, engineers kept trying to make boats that could sail underwater, but they didn't really succeed until the turtle came along. That's right, the turtle. It made its first appearance during the Revolutionary War between American colonists and the British. It was near midnight on September 6, 1776, when Army volunteer Ezra Lee peddled the turtle, which was an egg-shaped one-man submarine, out into the middle of New York Harbor and underneath a British ship. Using a hand-cranked drill, he tried to attach a bomb to the bottom of the boat but he couldn't quite pierce the hull. He tried, and he tried, but eventually the sun began to rise, and he realized he had to get out of there, like yesterdoodle. He used the last of his strength to pedal away as fast as he could, and he chucked the bomb overboard to lighten his load, which, as he put it, went off with a tremendous explosion, throwing up large bodies of water to an immense height. Indeed. The attack didn't work as planned, but the explosion did scare the living daylights out of the British, and they retreated a bit and lifted their blockade of New York Harbor. It was a win for the colonies and for submarines. Later, subs evolved into the vessels we think of now with diesel engines during World War I and II, and finally into nuclear subs. And yes, these submarines did sink many ships with torpedoes, but they were also used for tremendous good. During World War II, U.S. submarines rescued pilots who'd crashed their planes into the Pacific, including former U.S. President George H.W. Bush. Subs save lives. Can spaceships say the same? I don't think so. Today, U.S. Navy subs study climate change, collecting samples from the ocean as they cruise under Arctic ice caps. And that's what I love most about submarines. They're, they're the best vehicle out there for deep-sea research. Take the Deep Sea Challenger. It's a one-man, lime-green submarine built for filmmaker James Cameron. Cameron wanted to journey to the lowest point on Earth. 
a place called the Mariana Trench. In 2012, he descended almost seven miles below the surface, all scrunched up with his knees to his chest in a tiny little pilot chamber just three and a half feet around. I'm getting claustrophobic just thinking about it. Contact. Surface Deep Sea Challenger, I am on the bottom. Cameron's journey was only the second in history to reach the bottom. He said it looked like the surface of the moon. And he discovered 68 new species. Imagine how many other species are down there partying beneath the waves. In 2019, explorer Victor Vescovo went even deeper into the trench and discovered four new species of prawn-like crustaceans. He also found a plastic bag. Not cool. In fact, that brings up another point. The health of our planet is tied to the health of our oceans. To keep our planet happy, we need to monitor our waters. And we do that with submarines. Their research helps us understand how humans are impacting the oceans and the amazing things living down there. After all, 99% of livable space on the planet is underneath the waves, which is why I'm moving into the Nautilus. I'm standing by my window right now, as a matter of fact. Is that a giant sea cucumber swimming by? Or is it an alien doing a belly dance? I'm a sea cucumber. <laughs> wow. Hard to tell, because under the water, we got these things that look a lot like aliens. So why bother with space? The real mystery is right here, below our noses. Captain Andrew with an eye-opening argument for submarines. Rebecca, what's it out to you about Andrew's declaration of greatness? Well, it's no surprise that I loved the climate change part. <laughs> well, not climate change, but <laughs> the fact that submarines can definitely help climate change by... um taking data from various parts in the ocean. It was really interesting. And I have to say, I have a new outlook on submarines because of that. I'm sure that data spoke directly to your heart. Okay, Brandy, it's time for your rebuttal. Send Andrew's argument plummeting to the bottom of the ocean. You have 30 seconds and your time starts now. All right, the first thing I want to address is the name of a submarine called the Turtle. That's not even like a cool <laughs> animal. There is a ship called the the uh, Endeavor Dragon that's currently in space. That's just a cooler name. Secondly, yeah, okay, climate change, very important. That's why NASA uses a lot of space technology to monitor the entire planet. It can capture more space than a submarine can underwater. Also, um, there is a NASA invention called the Kraken that is going to send a spaceship with a submarine to a different planet to explore. And you can't get to time. that other planet with a sub only. Whoa. There was a lot there. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca, it's time to award your first two points. You'll award one point for whoever had the best declaration of greatness and one point for whoever had the best rebuttal. Did one side charm you with their humor? Was other team's logic particularly compelling? It's up to you to decide what criteria will win you over. Have you made your decision? It was tough, but I have. Excellent. Andrew and Brandy, how are you feeling so far? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I wish I had Brandy's confidence. This is all <laughs> bluster on my side. <laughs> Well, Brandy is a is a experienced debater from life and also being on Smash and Best. Andrew, this is your first time, so we're very happy to welcome you. All right, it's time for a quick break. Take some time to recharge your engines and rally your crewmates. And we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Best. 
You're watching State of Debate, home to rage and rhetoric and awe-inspiring argumentation. Taylor, Taylor. <laughs> Hi, debaters. I'm Taylor Lincoln. And I'm Nancy, the mail carrier. Give me a T for Taylor. I'm Todd. My name also starts with a T. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, Taylor is back from the Grandmaster Debate Cup, and I am just tickled to report. I won! I won the golden pen and a trip to France to learn from the masters of debate. (laughs) I won, I won, oh yeah, oh yeah. Good for you. On this episode The whole experience was incredible. I made so many friends, and we stayed up all night talking about strategies, debate jokes, eating nachos. Hey, what's a debater's favorite letter? Oh, 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 um, uh, I don't know. Argument. (laughs) Good one. On this episode of State of Debate... Wait, you haven't told us about your victorious win. Oh, right. Well, there I was, debating the infamous Claude Von Winkle. Parents should not let their kids eat sugar. If they let them eat sweets, they'll get addicted to the stuff. First, they'll demand dessert after every meal. Then they'll stop eating their broccoli. Soon, kids will only be eating cakes, cookies, ice cream, and candy. Objection. Claude is using the slippery slope fallacy. Oh, come on. The slippery slope fallacy is when you assume that one small action or event will lead to a big outcome. Letting kids eat a little bit of sugar isn't going to turn them into sugar addicts. Darn you, Taylor Lincoln. Darn you. That was thrilling. I can't believe I know you. I'm the luckiest mail carrier in the world. Well, if you think about it, it's basically... It's basically pretty obvious. The slippery slope fallacy, assuming one tiny action will result in a huge disaster, is something I learned in second grade. Maybe kindergarten. Yeah. Can we finish this episode, please? Nancy, shouldn't you be, I don't know, out delivering mail? Oh, Todd, it's okay to be jealous. Do you want to talk about your feelings? I love talking about my... Now you know what a slippery slope fallacy is, debate heads. Okay, good. We'll catch you next time on State State of of Debate. Debate. Pass. Smash. Smash. Pass. You're listening to Smash Boom Best. I'm your host, Molly Bloom. And I'm your judge, Rebecca. We love hearing about super debates from listeners like you. Here's a speedy suggestion from Amelia in San Antonio, Texas. My debate idea is planes versus trains. Sounds like a terrific transit tournament. We'll check back with Amelia at the end of this episode to see which side she thinks should win. And now it's back to today's debate, submarines versus spaceships. That's right. And it's time for round two, the micro round. Today's micro round challenge is called Sweet Ride. For this challenge, we asked Andrew and Brandy to imagine how they'd fix up a broken down submarine or spaceship and transform it into the hottest whip in town. Brandy went first last time. So, Andrew, you're up. Amaze us with your awesome underwater ride. Hey, yo, submarine freaks. On today's episode, I fixed up and tricked out Joey Baloney's old submarine. Joey runs a famous sandwich shop called Yummy Subs. So I turned out his stinky diesel sub into a cute, eco-friendly submarine that's also a sandwich shop. 
it out here, Joey. It's beautiful. <gasps> Let me take you on a tour. I started with an engine tune-up. It runs on olive oil now, so you can use the oil in your Sammy's and power the ship at the same time. Slick. Then, this here tube sticking out at the top, it's a contact-free sandwich delivery system called the Torpedo Tube. When the sub docks, people can yell their orders into the tube, and the Sammies come shooting back out when they're ready. Pew, pew, pew! <laughs> That's awesome. And to finish it off, I gave this sub a hero of a paint job. It looks like my favorite yummy sub, the USS Fishy. That's tuna fish with artichoke hearts, olives, arugula, and sesame. I did a pretty great job, no? Hey, no need to uh, fish for compliments, Rudy. You're already the captain of my heart. All right, all right, Joey B. Let's take this juicy jalopy for a ride. Well, that made me incredibly hungry. All right, Brandy, it's your turn. Please describe how you transform a clunker of a rocket into the sweetest spaceship known to man. Welcome to Spruce Up My Spaceship, where we take spaceships from space junk to space hunks. This week's spaceship, the Slingshot! Our ship's captain was tired of hearing, are we there yet, on every mission, so we converted their fuel-powered shuttle to nuclear power. Instead of nine months of, did we get to Mars yet, the crew only has four months to grumble. And if our captain needs to turn the ship around because an astronaut grabbed the wrong helmet, they don't have to worry about having enough fuel to keep on trucking. <laughs> or in this case, flying through space. Because this is a show about spaceships. Next, our astronauts told us they were tired of fighting over window seats. So we gave them more windows and then we made them bigger. Ooh. Then, we built a greenhouse so homesick astronauts can feel like they're hanging out on Earth while sightseeing in space. And they'll have plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables to snack on while enjoying the view. This is the best! And speaking of snacks, the astronauts told our producers that their favorite foods are, and I quote, anything that makes a mess. But because crumbs float everywhere in space, they couldn't bring these foods on the ship. Until now, flipping this switch turns on gravity so the crumbs fall to the floor. Snack away with easy cleanup. Then use that energy for a workout. The gravity will give your muscles something to work against and keep you strong until your next visit to planet Earth. Next time on Spruce Up My Spaceship... We figure out how to build a dog park on the International Space Station. Dogs in space. I love it. Brandy taking spaceships to the next level for sure. All right, Rebecca, what stood out to you about Andrew and Brandy's micro rounds? Well, I have to say um, I am a big fan of food. So <laughs> I definitely loved the sub, sub idea um, and Brandy's. I am someone who loves to travel in convenience. So... I really appreciate all the thought and effort that was put into making it more fun and more relaxing of a travel in space. 
Both micro rounds were fantastic, but we can only award one point. So time to award it. Have you decided? I have. Fantastic. Then it's time for our third round, the subtle, the stealthy (laughs) sneak attack. Today's sneak attack is let's get quizzical. Contestants, we are going to test your knowledge by asking you super obscure trivia about your side because who doesn't love a pop quiz? Don't worry, it's going to be multiple choice and both of you are going to answer two questions each. Does this sound good? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) There's that confidence again. (laughs) But first, some hold music to get us in the mood. Blast off to the stars Soon they'll take us all to Mars Spaceships promise a future strange and bright Blub, blub, cruise the ocean floor Submarines help us explore Alien mysteries lurking in the deep All right, Brandy, it is your turn to go first. Are you ready for some trivia? Yep. All right. Which Apollo mission first landed on the moon? Was it A, Apollo Flight 9, B, Apollo Flight 10, C, Apollo Flight 11, see where I'm going with this, or D, Apollo Flight 12? 11. That is correct. Astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins were the first to land on the moon on July 20th, 1969. Excellent work, Brandy. All right, Andrew, your turn. Are you ready for your first question? I am. Great. Here it is. Only a handful of humans have ever descended into the deepest part of the ocean, known as the Challenger Deep, the lowest part of the Mariana Trench. Which of these following hydronauts was the first to do it? Is it A, Sylvia Earle, B, Jacques Picard, C, James Cameron, or D, Robert Ballard? Well, I know I know James Cameron went down there, but I don't think he was the first, right? So I'll go with Picard. Jacques Picard? That is correct. Jacques Picard was one of the first people to ever descend into the Challenger Deep alongside Lieutenant Don Walsh. Fun fact, Jacques's father, inventor Auguste Picard, actually designed the vessel that his son used to explore the trench, and he called it a bathscaff. All right. Excellent work. One to one so far. Now, Brandy, it's time for Spaceship Trivia Question number two. In 2012, SpaceX launched the first commercial spacecraft to deliver cargo to the International Space Station. What was it called? Was it A, Atlas, B, Dragon, C, Falcon, or D, Hawk? Uh, I'm going to guess Dragon. I don't think that's correct, but I know that was a SpaceX ship. You are correct. Oh, yay. Nice work. Dragon carried secret cargo to the ISS. It was... A wheel of cheese. SpaceX CEO <laughs> Elon Musk noted this was a reference to the British comedy Monty Python's Fine Circus. Okay, Andrew, you ready for your second submarine trivia question? Sure am. All right. What was the name of the first nuclear submarine built by the U.S.? Was it A, the USS Ohio, B, the USS Holland, C, the USS Seawolf, or D, the USS Nautilus? This one I know. This is the it was the Nautilus, right? It was like the 1950s. You are correct. It was named after Captain Nemo's submarine in the sci-fi novel Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. 
by Jules Verne. Excellent, you guys, 100%. These are the smarty pants. We're almost too good at this, Brandy. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, you've witnessed the quizzing of the contestants. It's time to award your point based on whichever criteria you like. This is tough because they both did it perfectly. They both got 100%. So it's up to you. Tell us, have you made a decision? I have made a decision. Excellent. Then it's time for our very final round. The final six. Andrew, you're up first. You've got just six words to sway. Rebecca. Okay, are you ready? There are no mermaids in space. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Brandy, your turn. What is your final six? Submarines can't fly. Spaceships can fly. Hmm. I like it. I like it. All right. This is a tough one. This debate has been a voyage. We're about to reach our destination, though. Rebecca, are you ready to crown one team the Smash Boom Best? Have you awarded your final point? I have. Right. Drum roll, please. And the winner of today's debate is... Submarines. (gasps) What? I I will repeat Brandy and say, what? (laughs) Oh, so Rebecca, was there a moment that really drove it home for submarines? You know, I really was into the spaceships argument, but I think the final six words were just too much. I couldn't deny mermaids. How could I? (laughs) So I had to. They don't exist anywhere. And also in Superman, in space, there are submarines or, or mermaids. So I, I would like a redo. I would, I would like to file a complaint with the, the committee on arbitration. The very logical Rebecca was swayed by mermaids, because everything's better down where it's wetter, under the sea. Yeah, I actually did learn a lot about submarines. Um, and. Well, not actually a lot. Um, I learned enough about submarines. <laughs> Brandy is honestly one of my favorite people. And one of the um, the most magical times I've ever had was the last time I was in Minnesota. And Brandy showed me around the uh, Minnesota State Fair. If you've ever been to the State Fair and Brandy hasn't shown you around, you haven't really been to the fair. So, Brandy, you know what? I have so much respect for you and your brilliant mind. Oh, thank you. Well, that's it for today's debate battle. Rebecca crowns submarines the Smash Boom best, but what about you? Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think won. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Rosie DuPont, Sandin Totten, Ruby Guthrie, and Molly Bloom. We had engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans, Veronica Rodriguez, and Paul Loro. And we had production help from Christina Lopez, Mark Sanchez, and Manica Wilhelm. Rosie DuPont is the voice of our hold music, and our announcer is Marley Feuerwerker Otto. We want to give a special thanks to Taylor Kaufman, Austin Cross, Kiara McMillan, George Waskub, and the Regeneron Science Talent Search. Andrew, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to today? Well, sure. I'll give a shout out to my, my girlfriend, my partner, Genevieve, who helped me um, sort of hone my arguments and also just generally puts up with me every day. <laughs> and how about you, Brandy? Any special shout outs today? Uh, I want to shout out my mom for uh, you know keeping it quiet around the house and my cat, Claudette <laughs> Cookie Lion, for also being quiet, even though she's currently on the prowl staring at me. And also to NASA, <laughs> a lot of resources there. I encourage everyone to check out the NASA spinoff site, which is just all the inventions that came from NASA inventions, and it's super cool. So definitely check that out. 
Very awesome. And Rebecca, do you want to give any special thanks today? I would. I'd like to thank the Society for Science. The Regeneron STS is a great experience. Um, had a wonderful time. And my mentors, um, Dr. Setman and Dr. Radhakrishnan, thank you for everything. Aw, that's lovely. Well, before we go, we want to check in with Amelia and see who she thinks would win the planes versus trains debate. I think planes would win because they go faster and they can get people over oceans. Amelia would clearly be on team spaceship. Do you have an idea for a knockdown drag out debate? Head to smashboom.org and tell us about it. We'll be back with a new debate battle next week. Ta-ta! Later! Bye, everybody! dressings are condiments, but not all condiments are dressings. I suppose. <laughs> condiments versus dressing next time on Smash <laughs> Boom Fest.